welcome to this week's episode of the Book Ho Squad podcast. I'm Grace. I'm Shruti. And I'm Sarah. So this week we had the opportunity to talk to Sarah Hogle, who is the author of You Deserve Each Other, aka Shruti's favorite book. Um, <laughs> we had a really good time talking to her. She was super nice. She was super nice to come on to our little, our little podcast. So yeah, we hope you enjoy this episode. It was fun for us. Hopefully it'll be fun for y'all to listen to. But before we get into all that, we will talk about what we have read this week. Shruti, what did you read? Um, so I have an announcement. Oh. Are you ready? Ready? Mm-hmm. So you might remember that my goal was 100 books. And I reached that goal back in like May, I think, because, you know, quarantine. Um, it is now September. And you know what? You guys know, I kind of had a little lull there with reading because work started. But I picked it up again this week. And then I looked at my Goodreads today. And I read 150 books. So wow. I'm the 150 mark. Yes, I'm excited. Who knows? Maybe I'll reach 200 this year. Maybe. 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 Um, but yeah, so this week I read two books and I just started the third one. Um, I read Don't Hex and Drive by Juliet Cross. Um, I had talked about Wolf Gone Wild like way back when, which was the first book in the series. This is the second one. Um, and it's about another witch sister. And this time she falls in love with a vampire. Um, and while I'm not a big fan of vampires, which we have famously talked about on this podcast before, um, I don't mind them. And I do really love this world. Her, the world created is super interesting. Like there's also these like Grimm's witch characters, which I'm also excited about because there's one in, um, introduced in this that I'm inter- interested in. Um, but also more importantly, in this particular book, the hero is a vampire. He's also a Bollywood star. So he's actually Indian. His name is Devraj Kumar. Um, and that was really cool to read about. Um, Because, you know, talks about making peta and doing, like, Indian stuff and his mom and being Hindu and vegetarian and stuff like that, which is also really fun, you know, a vegetarian vampire. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. What does he do? So, no, no, no. So he still, like, drank blood from people, but, like, it was more of, like, a moral – so he had, like, a moral issue with it and about how when he first became a vampire, that was, like, a big struggle for him was, like, reconciling the Mm. fact that he was now, like, this monster that drank blood from people. It's always so, interesting yeah. how vampire books handle that because they don't want they want their vampire characters to be likable and they can't be likable mm-hmm. if they like forcibly drink blood from humans. So like that book does that. Twilight has them only drink animal blood, so they're like right. vegetarians as well. In Vampire Academy, they have feeders, which are humans who volunteer to have vampires feed on them. Yeah, because so the this one, fangs, yeah, the fangs like give them a kind of a high. So exactly, they, like, they get rewarded I think that way. I guess Juliet Cross like borrowed that idea because the other part of it is that they have like hosts and like mm-hmm. there's a vampire Reuben who's like the ruler of everything and he has a thing with Jules like who's the chief witch. So they're gonna have a book later on, obviously. But anyway, then basically he owns like this club and one of the parts of the club is that humans can come who want to be hosts and they get matched up with a person who wants to a vampire and then they like mutually consent to be given blood. Um, so it's very interesting and the world is really cool. I didn't like this book as much as the first one just because I think it was because of the vampire part of it. And there was some times where Devraj didn't feel, I don't know, I felt a little awkward with him, but I do think overall he was pretty good. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the next book because it's like a very like, um, they're already bantering in the, these books, so it's very excited to see. Also, I think Julia Cross liked my review on Goodreads. Fun fact. Nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Michael Grant liked my review 
of his one of his books one time. He also used to follow me on Twitter and tell him my Twitter got suspended and he hasn't followed my new one <laughs> <Aww>. yet. <laughs> Maybe he will someday. Maybe someday. Um, the other book I read was The Setup by Megan Quinn, um, which is another book in her baseball Brentwood series. Um, I don't remember how, what I, how much I've talked about this, but some of the books. So here's the thing with Megan Quinn. I love Megan Quinn, right? She's great. Um, and I really loved in this book that I feel like she channeled herself. So Megan Quinn is married to another woman. Um, and I believe they have adopted a son. And in the setup, the hero is actually has two moms. And that's like a whole, and it's not like a big thing, but it is part of his family is part of the storyline. So I thought that was really cool. I was really happy to see that at least. Um, and I love the characters. Indy's like a soccer player and like their banter is awesome. Like it was so much fun. But all of her books in this particular series, which is technically not a series, but whatever, they're all in like the same universe. They all have this like, she uses the device of like a time skip towards like the last like 10% of the book where maybe the last 20% where there's some like sort of falling out or something like that. And they like don't talk to each other for a very long period of time. And we do the whole like January, March, you know, whatever, mm. skipping months, like one year later, two years later, whatever. And I don't mind it. And I think actually, I think this book is one of the few who've done it organically because they still stayed because it's like they graduated college. And so they're like, sticking staying in touch but not really kind of situation and i felt like that felt really realistic um but i think because she's done it so often i kind of have gotten a little bit sick of it so i think that was like the one thing that i didn't enjoy about it but i still gave it five stars because i just loved the book and i love the characters a lot um my advice to megan quinn who doesn't listen to this podcast but if she ever did number one I think she should let the time skip thing go. I think she did a good job with it, but let's just, you know, drop it. Just try something else. Um, B, there was this character introduced in the first two books who's like one of the roommates with the other two characters named Holt. And she wrote a novella like in a, or in an anthology where he meets his girl and they like, then they have like a spend a day together and it's really awesome. But then like they disappear and they never meet again. Except of course, they're going to meet again because we get in the background, he's like texting her whatever. I want to know his story. Where is his book, Megan Quinn? Please write Holt's book. That is my formal request to Megan Quinn. And then I started Romantically Challenged. Um, and fun fact, the Rome is in Rhode Island. Not Rome, Italy. It's a no for me. <laughs> they, they set you up to disappoint you. Well, Who I did read about that? Well, it was really funny because it's in the first chapter she mentions how she totally, well, so I'll give you guys the premise because I do think the premise is really funny. So she's like the girl who all her boyfriends, all her significant others, like a couple months or weeks after breaking up with her, they meet their, like they meet their new wife and they get married. Um, or like, or one of them was gay. So he met, he like reunited with a, his boyfriend or something. So basically she's like that good luck charm, but for someone else. And so she's having that whole, like always a bride, never a bride, or always a bridesmaids, never a bride situation. Um, and so apparently after her latest breakup, she was so drunk and so disappointed and sad that when she got a new job offer and it was in Rome, she didn't check the rest of it. And she was like, yes, absolutely. Uh, okay. And so now she's in Rhode Island. I don't know. Anyway, and they just, and the hero apparently rents out her house, but he's now there. And so now they have to be in the same house together. So roommates, you know, just throwing that out there. Um, but that's all that's happened so far. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah. It's been a, it was a good reading week. I read two pretty good books and then started one that seems pretty good. Um, but also I know that next week I need to read You Should See Me in a Crown. So that will be happening soon as well. Nice. 
Sarah, what have you been reading? Um, speaking of You Should See Mina Crown, that is our group read for September. And uh, it was the first one, in case you didn't listen to our last couple episodes, it was the first one that I picked without having read it before. So I actually just finished reading that this week. That was what I read, the biggest part of what I read this week. Um, it was so good. Um, I'm not going to say anything else, but you guys should totally read it. And then uh, send us a review to bookhostsquadpod at gmail.com and uh, tell us your thoughts and we'll read on the episode and discuss and you should listen to our episode where we talk about it on September 28th. So join us then and uh, read along too. So I finished that. It was really good. And then I actually started another book, which I didn't think I would have time to do, but I was just like really in the mood to read the other day. So I started All Adults Here by Emma Straub. Emma Straub. Um, she wrote uh, a couple other popular books like The Vacationers, um, Modern Love, Modern Lovers, Modern something. Um, I don't know. She also owns a bookstore. She owns Books Are Magic in Brooklyn. That's oh. pretty cool. Yeah, this book was really all adults here. It came out in like April or May. It was really big when mm -hmm. it came out. Yeah. Um, and I just like, I think someone gave me, oh, my boyfriend gave me a copy for my birthday because it was one of the ones I had on my wish list. So I've just like had it since then. And it just like caught my eye. I didn't really, I wasn't planning on reading it. I just saw it and I was like, yeah, it has a nice cheery yellow cover. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go for this one. I'm only like 50 pages in and it's cool. It's kind of like, it's a very like slow kind of meandering story, very character focused about like three generations of a family and how like one event impacts them sort of which like sounds kind of boring but also i didn't really read what it was about and i'm only like 50 pages in so that's all it is right now um but it's cool i'm liking it so far and uh yeah that's that's what i've been reading what about you grace um well speaking of multi-generational family stuff i finished <laughs> the vanishing half by Britt Bennett, Yay! and i really enjoyed it um if you like multi-generational stories you should read it if you like family dynamics, which I do, I enjoy reading about family dynamics. And if you mm -hmm. like it, that as well, you should read it. And then if you also just want to read some more books by Black authors, you should read it. It was really good. I gave it five stars. I did Ooh. too. It was a great book. Yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. um, so I finished that. I started The Last Olympian by Rick Riordan. And I'm like almost halfway, but I'm not super far. I started it the other day. And... It took so long for my hold to get in, and I was, like, chomping at the bit because I wanted <laughs> to read the last one. And in the time period I was waiting for that book to come in, I decided to watch the um, Percy Jackson movie, the first one, The Lightning Thief. And that movie really is pretty bad, actually. <laughs> it's, it's really bad. Yeah. I, I saw it when it came out, but I didn't see it in theaters, and I don't know why. But I saw it. I think I, like, rented it on demand. And I don't remember having any strong feelings about it, but I remember seeing everyone hate it. And I was like, huh, interesting. And so I was like, maybe I won't hate it because I clearly didn't the first time around, but I did. I did hate it. I wonder if, so I have seen it, but it was a very, very long time ago and I really don't remember much about it, but I do remember watching it and I didn't remember hating it. I didn't think it was a great movie, but I thought it was like, you know, a well, the, crappy no, we, movie. But I'm it's, wondering if that's because I haven't read the book, so I yeah. don't know any better. Yes. <laughs> that's it's definitely not a 
bad movie on its own. It's not a great movie, but it's right. not a bad movie yeah. on its own. It's, it's got a good so, cast. Yeah, it does. And like it, like Grace said, it's not a bad movie on its own. It's not like really good though. And I, when I saw it in seventh grade, I was like a huge fan of the books. My friends and I went all went to see it in theaters together. And like, we were all just like, oh, that was fun. Cause like, it was cool. But now like I watched it recently as well. And watching it as an adult, I'm like, oh God, this is bad. <laughs> but, like it's more tolerable than the second one. The second That's, one. I'll read that, that one next. Out. I mean, watch it next. It's I I have not bad. seen that one. Is like, it really? It's really bad. Like wait, the first I need one, to know. Hold- I need to know before we get into the second one. Is Jake Abel in the second book in the second movie? No, right? I don't remember. I saw it one time, <laughs> and one time only, and I will never watch it again. But it was like so. The first one's like it's no, compared to the book, it's bad. But as a movie alone, it's tolerable. Like I'll still watch it every once in a while for like the memories, for nostalgia, for Logan Lerman and Alex Daddario, like whatever. Um, but the second one is just completely like, it's not, it's not tolerable. Like it's, it's really bad. I saw it in theaters and very rarely do I see a movie in theaters and not enjoy it. And that was one of the few. And maybe I'm just bitter because the Sea of Monsters is probably my favorite Percy Jackson book. And they just did. And I was looking forward to seeing so many of my favorite scenes and they just like didn't have any of them. So maybe it was just me being bitter, but man, I hated that movie. <laughs> I never saw that one, and I don't know why, but yeah. Is, which one is the one that has, they have like a dancing scene or something? Third. The, wait, no, the movie? Yeah, isn't there a movie where, a scene where they're like all in like a club or something? That's, yeah, the, that's first the first one. one. That okay, was a good that. scene. I had a that good time. A, that's the only <laughs> yeah. thing I remember other than you know, there's, I think there's a scene where, like, Logan Lerman and, so, like, Luke and um, Percy are having their battle on the top of a roof. Those are yeah, the only yeah. scenes I remember from yeah, this entire the, those are probably two of the three most memorable scenes in the movie. The third one being when they're, like, they get on the bus and Highway to Hell starts playing, because everyone's was, like, ha, ha, good they're too. literally going to hell. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, see, here's the thing, here's the thing. I don't think a good adaptation of Percy Jackson, a good movie adaptation of Percy Jackson could exist because the books are very episodic. You would have to just make it a TV show, which is also mm-hmm. where the Voyage of the Dawn Treader movie went wrong. But <laughs> there's other reasons it went wrong too, but we're not talking about that today. But they still could have made it more accurate to the book, but they didn't. And the, ba- the major problem, the major problem that I had is that the characters like, Percy and Annabeth and Grover were too cool. And the reason they were too cool is because they're fucking adults! And yeah! They're fucking 12 years old in the book, and they have, like, 22-year-olds playing them in the movie. It was insane. Yeah. And they try to pass them as 16. They don't even look 16. They're no. a whole-ass adult. And Annabeth is, like, this hot girl who, like, can do it mm-hmm. all and all this stuff. And, like... What? Yeah, she's like this badass girl with the sword in the movie, and she makes like eyes at Percy or whatever. In the book, mm-hmm. she's just like punch him in the face, like get away from me, you fucking nerd. Until yeah. like probably the third book. Yeah. So, yeah also, I, we have to um, shame Grace just a little bit. Not really shame. It's it's a perfectly valid opinion, but I felt felt like we needed to bring it up that um, Grace feels that, and I mean, granted, I do not think the Percy Jackson movies is an accurate representation. <sighs> But her thought was that Jake Abel is not at all attractive. And I just have to put that out on the record that Grace is wrong. 
I just want to say, and I'm very sorry to Jake Abel, who is not going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> There's something about, and I'm allowed to say this because I have ugly teeth too. His mouth is weird. You know how Tom Holland looks like he has a frog in his mouth? I think Jake Abel has something going on similarly, but there's not a frog in there. Maybe like two frogs. It's just weird. He has a weird mouth. He has a weird mouth. I'm very sorry. Okay, Grace. Anyway, before we go into the actual important stuff of this episode, I'm going to derail us a little bit. Sorry, wait, Grace, did you finish talking about what you were Yeah, that was it. Cool. I'm going to derail us just a little bit further because something happened today that needs to be addressed. Oh, no. And that thing is... Barnes and Noble changed its logo. Did you guys see that? What? No. It's crazy. It's not green anymore. It's gray. No, it's look. not green. Yeah. It's I'm a Googling. very like slight change. Like they changed the font and they changed the background. But it's different. It. They just like changed it. I want to know your thoughts. I don't know how, I don't know what my thoughts are. Like, I don't, like people, it's funny because I looked at the face because I saw it on Facebook because of course I follow them on Facebook. And all the comments are, like, people are, like, legitimately angry. And, like, I don't care. I just think I just want to judge their new logo. Wait, is it just green and gold? I'm no, no. Look at their, like, their Twitter or Facebook page. It's, like, gray background. And the words are just, like, white or something. Um, the official Barnes & Noble. All of the things that show up are the Barnes & Nobles near me, which are, oh, no! <laughs> right? <laughs> Where where is this? Look on, on their Facebook page. Oh, Facebook. Oh my god, I hate it. Isn't it's not it so ugly? At all. It's like no, it literally ugly. doesn't matter and it doesn't affect my life in any way. But like, damn, it's ugly. You know, uh, we're gonna it's gray. we're gonna ignore that I haven't worked there since 2019. It's, it's so been over a year. Boring. But I just think that they 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 just went to hell as soon as I left, I think. <laughs> okay, so I like that font, but also I'm pretty sure that's like a Canva font. Like it's not even their own font. I'm pretty sure you can get that on like Canva. And I like it though. It's not a bad font, but the background color is so bad. What? Like how are they gonna do anything? Just keep the green as the background color. Right? It's how so hard is that? gross. Why would you go from green to gray? I don't, that's what know. I don't understand. Like Especially that- for Barnes and Noble when that they're like known for their exactly green. yeah they're, that's like what they're known for now they're gray how are they gonna do any kind of branding with this ugly ass gray like i like the gold the white's nice the font is you know a canva font but it's not the worst one but the gray it's the just, stickers like, they put on the books are gonna be gray Ew. the cups the starbucks oh. cups are gonna be gray oh, you no. can't see them if it's a clear cup you can't re- see the gray. I know. Oh, hold uh. on. I'm going to read some of the comments from the Facebook post where they changed it because they're dramatic they as should fuck. Be. And uh, it's really funny. Hold on. Let me find the post. <laughs> if it ain't broken, why try, to f- why, if, why try to fix it? Was it broken? No. Outdated? Not appealing to a demographic you were targeting? No. And then <laughs> there's some disgruntled employees asking them to pay their employees better which mm. fair really boring logo i also miss the coupons with what price of the books these do, with what the price of books are these days <laughs> also valid i miss the comfy chairs gave me time to flip through chapters and decide if i wanted also to buy valid. it or not um this is the one i thought yeah. was really amusing the font change is fine but the forest green and gold is iconic also, the kerning between the ampersand and N, ampersand and N is bothering me for some reason. You know what? I agree. It's Why bothering is it, me too. It's they're too not close. even. Yeah, they're like not. what? Yeah, it's not good. 
Yeah. Deadly I, generic. Mm. I like that one. Everyone just like, it's is horrible. A lot of angry faces. This is horrible. Go back to the classic one. You know. BNN without its green is like Superman without blue. It's true. You're so right. Mm. Facebook commenter so Rob. You know, do you ever think about how Barnes & Noble at one point was like, hey, we're going to have a restaurant. You can drink here. Alcohol. And then I remember never, that. They just never did it. That was they years ago. They only did it in like two stores. And then the rest, I think they were going to, but they ran into trouble getting liquor licenses in a lot that of states. Sense. Okay, I forgive them. Yeah. I forgive Which them. would have been, I'm really upset. All I wanted was to like drink some wine and walk around Barnes & Noble, but whatever. I mean, you can just Wait, it it's because the ampersand is a different font, guys. That is the problem. Yeah. Holy shit, you're right. It is because yeah, because the this font, like I said, it's a Canva font. I've used this font, and the ampersand <laughs> does not look like that. Okay. Yeah, they do two different fonts. That's for so it, dumb. Which could be fine, but it no. If it were, I just hate. Yeah, it does look weird. <laughs> Actually, you're right. It does look very strange. Also, I just want to say, rip to the Barnes and Noble graphic designer because us and every other like armchair designer like tearing <laughs> apart their work. Well, the old logo had two different logo, two different fonts too, but it looked fine because mm -hmm. you go on their website, you can see what it used to look like, and it looks yeah. fine. Everyone's like giving their suggestions in the comments. Like this person says, "Cool logo, but why not? Why? But why can you not add books to this logo just to give an idea?" <laughs> Thank you, Natalie. Bart, this Natalie is a professional is... graphic designer who designed this with input from fifty million people. Is like, you know what? You right. <laughs> But she was polite. She offered she a solution. She Go, was. Natalie. Just an idea. Just an idea. <laughs> well, oh, no, wait. This is my favorite one. Will you be selling chinos and khakis in addition to books? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. The logo literally looks like the logo for everything else ever. It does. Yeah. It's so, and it's just so, like, bland. The longer anyway. I stare at it, the more I see some green, but it's not enough. No. I don't see green. any green. I see, it's like, gray. purple, weirdly. Yeah, but, oh. like, not. Oh, I clicked on it, and now I just see gray. Yeah, it's all gray. <laughs> My mind wanted to see green, but no, it's just gray. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just had to share. Before we get to our interview with Sarah Hogel, let's hear a word from our sponsors. And now we're back. All right, now it's time for our interview with Sarah Hogel. Um, we're really excited to share this with you all, and we hope you enjoy. Yeah, Sarah, would you could start off? Would you want to like talk a little bit about like yourself, like just so you know, so our listeners can kind of hear about you in case they don't know? Okay, um, I wrote a book called "You Deserve Each Other." And it is a lovers to enemies to lovers rom-com about an engaged couple, Nicholas and Naomi, who um, are pretending to be really happy together, but secretly kind of despise each other. So they start a prank war to get the other person to call off the wedding and in the process, fall back in love. Yeah. A very good summary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I practiced. <laughs> um, for our listeners, if you do not know, I think it was two episodes ago, we actually did a deep dive into You Deserve Each Other, so definitely check that out. So also, Sarah, we usually talk about what we are currently reading, so are there any mm -hmm. current books that you're reading that you want to share with us? Well, I've been really horrible about reading this year. Like, I haven't been able to concentrate, but the last thing I read was The X Talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon. 
which I really loved. I thought it was That's so cute. Great. Is that the one with the radio co-hosts? Yes. Yes. They pretend to oh, be exes. Yes, that does sound really good. I'm excited about that one. So um, one of the questions we had was, um, so a lot of the characters in You Deserve Each Other feel really specific and unique, um, especially mm -hmm. Deborah, Melissa, and like Naomi's other's coworkers. Are mm -hmm. they based on anyone you know, or did you just come up with them? <laughs> oh, um, Deborah was a little bit inspired by the mother on Arrested Development. Oh. I don't remember what her name was. Lucille. Oh, Lucille. 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 Yes, yeah. Lucille Bluth. Yes. There's a little bit of Lucille Bluth in there. <laughs> a little bit of uh, Marie Barone from Everybody Loves Raymond, if anyone's seen that. Mm. And um, maybe some real life people, but I won't say. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm divided up between Nicholas and Naomi. So basically, I'm falling in love with myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then some of my husband's traits thrown in there, too. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I especially, I think now that you've mentioned Lucille, I definitely feel that <laughs> deference. So that was, that's nice to hear. I loved writing her. I yeah, she seems tell. like she'd be a yeah. fun one to write. Yeah. <laughs> She's horrible. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, something else we hotly debated was uh, the zodiac signs for Naomi and Nicholas. Um, and we know, yeah, we know Nicholas has a, January birthday, so he's either like a Capricorn or an Aquarius, mm -hmm. but Naomi's birthday isn't mentioned. So we were wondering if you had any insight. <laughs> I don't know. I probably purposefully left that out because it would be one more thing to keep mm, track of. That's so. fair. I don't know. Sense. What do you think she would be? Well, my guess, I'm a Gemini. And there were some parts of the book where I was like, wow, Naomi is me. So <laughs> I want to say she's a Gemini because um, I, want, I, want, I want to have her as a fellow Gemini. So that was like our guess. Um, but we were also thinking maybe, what was it? Maybe a Leo or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And there's, we had a lot of guesses. Yeah. We, <laughs> we <laughs> and then Nicholas, um, yeah, his birthday was in January, but we think... We, we were guessing, we were guessing Capricorn. <laughs> we had Capricorn energy for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that Capricorn energy. Um, so another random detail, well not random, but very specific detail um, we enjoyed was uh, Nicholas and the Skittles. Um, mm -hmm. So have you ever woken up with Skittles in your bed? I probably have. <laughs> My husband really likes sour candy. That's where that uh, came from. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> I know he kept sneaking in there. Just all these little qualities. And then yeah. I'd be like, oh, that's him. <laughs> He's here again in my book. <laughs> I definitely think that's what made this, made this book so good was all those like little details. Um, we talk about that a lot, but yeah, some of those details were really awesome. And I, I personally enjoyed them. Yeah, he used to eat that candy in his sleep. He would have a bag of it on his nightstand and he'd wake up and oh the bag was gone. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I love that. Oh. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely, we talked about this a little bit before, but yeah, the characters in this book do feel very real. So it's cool that like some of them were partially inspired by like you and your husband and Lucille Bluth and things like that. Yeah. Gives them a very like real quality. So that's cool. Yeah, basically, um, like when they get into their pranks, it is what I would do if I just like let myself off the leash, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and could be as horrible as I wanted. 
<laughs> so sometimes she like I look through their reviews and it's like she's horrible. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I love. Well, that's what I would do if, if I if my if, if my evil side came out. So yeah, and a I couple of that. things were um, like there's a point where uh, Nicholas is heating up his food in the morning. His farfetchini or however you want to pronounce it and Naomi presses the button to open up the microwave before it's done and that's something that I've done so it's just to be <laughs> yeah it definitely felt like Naomi was living out all those like petty thoughts we all have but she actually got to do them yes <laughs> I love that can you tell us a little bit about like your writing process and like maybe some of the inspiration for like where the story came up like that idea came from Ooh, okay um, well, for this particular book, I had just written another book and I was like, okay, it's time to move on to something else. It's been a couple weeks. And <laughs> I didn't do a whole lot of planning because like I had written a lot and I wasn't having any luck in publishing. So I figured this probably wouldn't either. So I was kind of messy getting into my draft. And I thought I'm going to write about a woman who was really sick of her fiance and she's gonna leave him in like chapter four. <laughs> like she's gonna legitimately leave and she's gonna get with this really nice guy from work, Leon. <laughs> He's gonna be the hero of the story. <laughs> and then I finished chapter three and I'm like, oh, that's probably not what I'm gonna do anymore. <laughs> and um, once the, I figured out the prank war thing that really sucked me in and I had a lot of fun with it and I wrote it in a month. So that process was really quick for writing. It's very different from what I'm doing right now with book two, which the curse of book two is super real. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, a month is a really quick uh, turnaround. Yeah. <laughs> it's never going to happen for me again. <laughs> I love that Nicholas wasn't the original hero. That's a, yeah. that was a, that's something interesting. Um, speaking of Leon, um, then when you realized that he wasn't going to be the hero of the book, um was his like side arc about the whole owning like a new shop and everything did that come naturally or was that something that you were like oh i need to figure out something to do with him now i'm not sure what happened with him i think it was trying to wanting to keep him friendly but moving it around what would he do and um the fact that naomi got the car from him he just kept appearing so I don't know, it just fits somehow. <laughs> I don't have any good explanations. I mean, that's, <laughs> no, it yeah, just okay. happens. <laughs> exactly. Totally understand. Yeah, things happen. You know, did you know the title when you were writing the book? I figured it out. So right before the scene where Melissa says, you two are assholes <laughs> who deserve each other, I was washing dishes and I was like going to write that scene that day and that, um, so I was kind of figuring out what I was going to write. And then when it came to me, I'm like, hey, I'll call it that. It was so, a very good line. Whatever percentage of the way that happens through the book. <laughs> I think those are all the questions that we had. But we did want to hear a little bit about your second book that you had oh, mentioned. No. So, yeah, just if you want to know. <laughs> you know anything oh, no. that you want to mention. I don't know what it is. It's a mess. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can try, but it's going to sound bad. <laughs> OK, twice shy. And it is about a lady named Maybell. And see, I haven't come up with the, the new pitch with my editor yet. We have the old one, but I am changing it now. I'm like oh. 35,000 words 
into this draft. So things are changing. So um, her great aunt dies and she is left a really big house in Tennessee. So I might say more than I'm supposed to, but I'm just going to go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so, go ahead. So, she gets, so she gets there, right? And um, she is not the only one inheriting this house. The grouchy groundskeeper oh. is also inheriting half of this house. So she has to share it with him. But she walks in and she recognizes his face because his picture was used to catfish her several months before the book starts. Ooh. So oh my she, he doesn't know who she is, and she doesn't really know who he is personally, but she associates his face with, like, this charismatic, sensual dude, and he is not. <laughs> he's just like, leave me alone. <laughs> he's very anxious and shy and, like, avoids her for a good portion of the book. That sounds fun. So. It sounds amazing. I cannot wait to read that. Yeah. <laughs> At some same. point, I will get that, like, into a pitchy, you know, two to three sentences. <laughs> well, you sold me already. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And when, I can't remember, when, and this book comes out when again? April 2021. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, we are also very excited. Yes. I'm excited for this book to be done. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more question. Um, so what, what were your thoughts on the, do, could you tell us a little bit about like the evolution of the cover for You Deserve Each Other? Like did it go through a lot of different changes or did they like have this concept all along or like how much say, you know? To say, Ooh, okay. You know? So probably last March or so I got an email from my publisher and they're like um, do you have any ideas any concepts for this before we take it to the artists and I gave them a whole bunch of crap that was probably not doable just you know throwing it out a wall <laughs> <laughs> and they're like okay okay they're really nice about it and so none of that came up <laughs> so I got another email and they showed it to me and it looked basically the same but it was I think like more of a hot pink hmm. and I didn't want hot pink at the time because there were quite a few books out that were either the teal yellow or hot pink so I said can you do something else and the font was different but Naomi and Nicholas looked the same and they listened to my feedback and my agent's feedback and that was really cool getting to have kind of a say in it that is yeah cool. I wanted it more of a berry color and they gave it to me. It's very pretty. I actually just got my physical copy from Bookshop and it is gorgeous. Yeah, that's why I had to ask. It's such a pretty cover and I'm always curious like kind of what goes into book covers and everything. So it's really cool that you got to have a little bit of a say in it. Yeah, that was fun. Um, so I saw your tweet the other day about how you wanted Zendaya or Dakota <laughs> Johnson to play yeah. Naomi. And um, movie versions. So those are good choices, by the way. And I want to know if you had any ideas for who would play Nicholas in a potential movie version. Well, I think maybe Logan Lerman. Ooh. Ooh. I love that. <laughs> I thought maybe, because, like, when you think about it, you see, like, kind of a baby. But he's got yeah. gray hair now. So I think he could do it. And he could be, like, the kind of prissy, a little bit, you know, a little bit dramatic Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, I love that. <laughs> I see that a lot. 
or mm-hmm. the other one that I had was Adam Brody. Hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. I sometimes like hear uh, ones like uh, Chris Evans or something like that. And I'm like, Nicholas wishes. I mean, <laughs> like, he would like, he would like to be the muscular type, but he's not. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> he's definitely a little bit too nerdy, I think, for that. But I'm always very curious, like, who readers envision, if they envision celebrities or just blurs who they picture while they're reading. I think for Nicholas, I didn't really have someone in mind, but it was like a, like a, one of the, I don't know, it was like one of those, like, frat boys so like I grew up with a lot there's a lot of fratty people around here so it was like a frat boy nerd-esque mix yeah so definitely felt that vibe yeah I usually picture like either a celebrity or like just I don't know I have like a picture in my head and this one I kind of like based it on what was on the cover because if there's a person on the cover sometimes they'll go on off of that and like obviously I didn't picture him as like a cartoon but it was like a personified version of that, I guess. I pictured the cartoon now. Yeah. It's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> I feel like I pictured like a personification of the cartoon as well, but also like when they were at the cabin and stuff, and like I was picturing like flannelly outfits for him, I started mm-hmm. picturing Nick Miller from New Girl. Ha ha ha. Hmm. Interesting. Like I don't think he probably looks like that. That's just what I, that's just what yeah, I, I can, I can see how you got there. See, I can't even remember what I pictured for Naomi because now, like, Dakota Johnson is, like, all I can think of. Right. She would be so good for it. Like, I want to go tag the particular movie people in that. I know it would be obnoxious, but I'd be like, can you get her for this? Yes. You should do it. You should shoot your shot. (laughs) Okay. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you on social media? Ooh, Okay. On Twitter, I am Witch of the Words, and on Instagram, Sarah underscore Hobel. Is there a story behind that yes. Twitter handle? Witch of the Words, because Witch of the Waste was taken from Howl's Moving <laughs> Castle, which is my favorite book. Makes sense. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on here, Sarah, and talking with us. Yes. Thank you for really having me. Um, I know that I said in April when I first read this book that it was my favorite book of 2020, and it still holds now that Aww. we are in September that it is my favorite book of 2020. So I was very happy. Oh, thank you so you. much. Yeah. That's very lovely. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed our interview with Sarah Hogel. We actually have an email review about You Deserve Each Other, so we wanted to share that with all of you. It is from friend of the podcast, Laura. So um, it is titled... Fiancés to friends to lovers is the new enemies to friends to lovers, which is correct. So I haven't been, I haven't completely finished my reread, but I wanted to send in my review before you guys recorded. I've been super behind on group reads, which is tragic because I love sending in reviews. Unfortunately, this was actually was sent in before we recorded, but we missed the email. So we sorry. Forgot. We forgot. It, it was now. there. Yeah, but we, we're doing it now. Um, so I read this book initially in April when it had just come out, and I was reading just a bunch of books in very little time because I wasn't working. You know me, as you guys do, you know that for some reason, Tom and Shannon from Wolfblood are like my top fictional couple of all time. Can we explain what Wolfblood is? Go for it. For those people who are listening, so Sarah, Sarah, Wolfblood is a British children's TV show about werewolves 
that me and Laura and other our other friends as well used to watch back in the day. So anyway, that's what Wolf Blood is because I feel like most people do not know what Wolf Blood is. And I wanted to throw that out there. It's really good if you're looking for it's a fun. British children's TV show about werewolves. And but yeah, Tom and Shannon are a great couple. So I totally feel this. They are. They were they were a great couple. And so what's where we were? Okay, so if you know me, as you guys do, you know that for some reason Tom and Shannon from Wolfblood are like my top fictional couple of all time. And so I just finished binging Wolfblood and I wanted something with a similar dynamic. Some bickering, we'll call each other out on their BS, but ultimately have each other's back vibe. And Nicholas Knight and Naomi delivered. I really enjoyed getting to watch them fall back in love with each other. Also, Naomi being a basic fall bitch hits differently at the beginning of September, and I love it. There's also fun side characters, and I love a good fun side character. Predictable. Overall, I think this is a great book and a vibe I don't always get from a lot of romance novels I read, so I really like it. I'm excited because I now own a physical copy, and I'm planning on finishing up the reread this weekend, probably as my last poolside read of 2020. Love you guys. Keep up the great work, and I'm super excited to hear your discussion on this book. Love, Laura. P.S. Sarah Hogle, if you're reading this, because as per my conspiracy theories, you're, they're actually rereading, they're actually reading You Deserve Each Other because you're guest starring. I love your work. Thanks for the book plates. And I apologize for using Twitter as my diary. Keep up the great work. And I'm excited for the new book. <laughs> That's sure, funny. funny. Yeah. Well, Laura, I think, saw us. And in fact, that we were rereading or we were reading You Deserve Each Other because we were, in fact, having Sarah Hogle yes. on the podcast. Yes, she was she on to us it. from the beginning. Yeah. We kept, okay, I, like, <laughs> for months, I was foaming at the mouth <laughs> because they got, on their podcast, they got a guest, and they announced it in a subtle way, but we knew what they were saying. They announced it, like, five seconds later. We kept it a secret they the whole time. They didn't and announce it. All, all three of them just tweeted like, oh my God, at the same time <laughs> yeah, after something yeah. happened. And we were all just like, we know. Yeah, <laughs> but we didn't. We didn't. We did not do that. We didn't. So we're the better podcast at keeping secrets. Exactly. <laughs> However, Anubis podcast, you guys should definitely listen to as well. Yeah. Yes. So thank you, Laura, for sending in that email. And to everyone, if you have any thoughts on any of the books we've read in the past or in the future, definitely feel free to send them to us. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much to Sarah Hogel for joining us this week. We had a great time and a great conversation. And thank you guys so much for listening. And you should follow us on our various social medias. You can find us on Instagram at Pod. You can also find us on Twitter at The Book Host. You can also send your thoughts, especially on our September group read, to our email at bookhostsquadpod at gmail.com. Um, and make, make sure you use the hashtag bookhostsread. But as always, please leave us a rating, write a review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it. And then, of course, tell all your friends to listen to. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you have a great night. Bye. 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 Bye.